You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a podcast from ComediansComedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith and before we start this episode, my solo stand-up tour, Compared to What, is coming to Manchester, Dublin, Exeter, Bath, Harrogate, Birmingham, Hull, Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, depending on how medieval you are, Bristol, Glasgow, Newcastle, Darlington and Leeds, before, in the middle of March, going to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival for a month. If you're in any of those places, go to comedianscomedian.com forward slash tour to find out how you can come along and uh, you can ask me questions about the podcast afterwards and we can meet up and have a roaring good time. Uh, the show has been going down really well. I've been so enjoying the uh, the run. I had a beautiful show last night in Crawley and I'm on my way to Brighton tonight. So, uh, also, if you're not in any of those places or they're too far away from you, then do check the website anyway because when I get back from Melbourne towards the end of April, there is another 15 or 16 dates in there, including a week at the Soho Theatre in London. That's the tour blurb. This is the episode. I've been sitting on this episode with the brilliant Mark Forward, an excellent Canadian comic uh, who I saw at Edinburgh, I think, two years ago now. And um, his stuff is on Spotify. You can find his, his gear online. He reminds me a little bit, not in terms of his actual act, but in terms of how different he is, the the different approach he takes to a lot of other comedians. He reminds me of like a Canadian Boothby Graffo. So if you're a fan of Boothby, you should definitely check this episode out. I recorded this in his hotel room as we both drank a small amount of red wine at the Montreal Comedy Festival, the Just for Last Festival last year. So this is the brilliant Mark Forward. How many times have you been to Montreal? Are we recording right now? Yeah, we are. Okay, yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> How many times have you been to the festival? Uh, this is my seventh. Okay. Yeah. This is my seventh time. And are you... Okay. Oh, in fact, before we start, we are recording, but before we properly start, mm-hmm. and we may leave this in, yeah. I've only seen you live once. And okay. This is, I try to see people as often as possible. I have your album on Spotify. Okay. Which I made available for... Uh, uh, non-internet access mode. Okay. So I actually physically took it from Spotify. So oh, wow. <laughs> Good for you. Um, but uh, one of the first things I noticed about you when I was researching you was I found an interview in which you were talking about having quit comedy. Yeah. So give us a bit of a timeline for who you are and what you're doing in comedy. All right. Well, hi, my name's Mark Forward. Um, <laughs> uh, that uh, that happened in 2010. <clears throat> when I retired from comedy, um, what it actually was, was a very angry, uh, disillusioned, 
um, upset human being at uh, the jobs I was taking and why I was taking them. So <clears throat> it was also a time during comedy when, you know, Dane Cook was at his height and I hated, um, I hated how much attention he was getting and people like Louis C.K. were not at their height. And I was like, why are we? So it was around that time too. In that article, I do talk about those things. So I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm a bit of a psychic that I saw that the world was going to shift. <laughs> but, um, so in Canada, I don't know what it's like everywhere else, but in Canada, they don't care about Canadians. We're like, we don't get press. We don't get anything. Um, so I was about, I don't know, that might've been what? So that would have been about 10 years in. I started saying on Twitter that this is my last year being a comedian. I didn't know there was a reporter that followed me on Twitter and he said, would you like to do a story on it? You can write it. I'll pay you. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. The first article I'm ever going to get in Canada is yeah. the one about me leaving the business. Oh, and I was like, I have to do that. I have to. So I wrote this article. Um, it was just me venting at, at frustration. I was doing gigs in, 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 um, arena, like small town arenas for, for hockey fundraisers and all these things that weren't comedy to me. They were, they were, I didn't want to be hired entertainment. I wanted to be a, a good comedian. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, uh, so I wrote this article. I mean, at the, at the end of the article, I say like I have a gig in two weeks, like, but what I really was retiring from was uh, doing comedy to make money. Um, and I never took a gig after that article that um, I didn't want to do, whatever the price was. Um, so I retired from all that. And now I'm doing shows I want to do and the kind of comedy I want to do. I don't want to do as anybody from out of town. I don't want to do... I don't, I don't want to pick on the local <laughs> mayor in the crowd. I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy that. So I retired from that. Now the flack I took from comics was huge. For but, what? For having appeared to retire and then appeared not. Appeared to retire and that not. aspect of it. Yeah. How could you, you know, we're just all working hard. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. Because you'd kind of put your head above the parapet and said, actually, there's a lot of shit in comedy. There's a lot of yeah. stuff I don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah, so I took a lot of flack from it. A lot. Still, guys, egg me about that. Uh, here's the best thing. That year, uh, I did Craig Ferguson, Late Late Show. I got on a sitcom here in Canada. I mean, I had the best... <laughs> I had the best year. So they could talk all they want. Yeah. Because I was just like, wow. Do you think any of them were thinking, oh, that's the secret. What that's you have the to secret. quit. It could have been that some of them were angry, like... He he did this as a stunt, and now he's getting he's getting recognition for it. But it was something more at the time. I didn't know as much as I know about it now, if that makes sense. Uh, but it was definitely a cleanse of some sort. And what were you? Because I imagine there'll be lots of uh, comics listening to this. Who will are, there be? Yeah, there will. Won't be. they just skip through? Well, they just look at the list of names and go, I don't know that one. Uh, some of them will, but the ones who have any goddamn integrity at all eventually reach a point where they go back and listen to all of them. All right. <laughs> That's a podcast for talking there. Um, 
Where I think some some comics, a lot of new comics and a lot of wannabe comics. All right. So let's just talk from from the point of view of how did you end up in a position where, like, why had you made the decisions in the first place to take the money gigs? I thought you were supposed to. I thought you were supposed to take every gig you were offered. I I I was on. I I th- I think comedy is a weird thing because you start off. I think your first. I want to say five years. You're doing it all wrong. You're doing um, for me. I could be wrong, but I I, th- I think you're you're doing it for everyone else. You're doing it to impress the guys at the back of the room. You're doing it to try and be like someone you idolized. You're doing it uh, because you think, oh, I can't make money elsewhere. You're doing it. You're doing it for all these these weird reasons that I didn't like. And, um, so I looked at the money I was making, um, and I said, can I live without that amount of money if I walk away from those certain gigs? And I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. I've done it before. I just want to do the gigs where I don't want to say artistic, but I, you're allowed to say artistic. If that's what you mean, you're allowed to say that here. I I don't know. I'm I'm like, I'm like, (laughs) I'm one of those people that like I believe in the art form but I don't want to ever say it's my passion like you know what I mean I want, I want to be down the middle somehow but uh why is that because what what does it mean to you when someone says it's their passion what turns well, you off that? it turns me off when people say like I couldn't do anything else that's when I go okay come on let's you know comedy could die tomorrow and you'd you'd be okay you'd find something else to do you might not enjoy it as much but you, you know the ones that are like I was, I have to do this and I can't do anything else. Come on, okay, that's insulting to the human race. <laughs> okay, it's something you really love doing, and and you do it because you can. That's that's as far as I'll take it. So just moving up to this, the point where you went enough. Yeah, just take us back for people listening to this who don't know you. How mm-hmm. did you start initially? What was your road into comedy? My road was. Um, I started as a theater actor. Um, I went to theater school. I hated it uh, with a passion. Uh, there's that passion word again. <laughs> Hatred is easy to have. Why? Uh, why did you hate it? What did you hate about it? Um, <clears throat> I didn't like the. I didn't like the pretentiousness. I didn't like the false. Uh, there's a lot of false people there. Um, and they all had delusions of grandeur and they all were going to be the next something. And I was more, I was more like, uh, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't, uh, let's try it. <laughs> so I never really fit in with the, you know, they'd be like, Oh, let's, I can't wait till we do this play. It's going to be so great. And I'm going to get so deep into the character. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll give it a go. Uh, so I, the vibe was off. And then, uh, I, and then I graduated and then I worked professionally in a horrible theater. Uh, it was at lunch. It was at noon. Uh, business people would come down the elevator, eat their lunch in the theater and watch a play and then go back to work. Okay. I've not really heard of that before. Is yeah. that a thing in Canada? It's not a thing a, okay. anywhere, I don't believe. <laughs> okay. I don't even think that theater is there anymore. The funny thing was that I was working in the same building at night. 
uh, so I was working in the bank, taking business deposits that came in from the day and opening them up, putting them in people's accounts from 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. Okay. Then go and put a play on at noon, then rehearse for the next play, and then go to bed. So I didn't like that either. <laughs> and then uh, Canada opened a comedy school. Um, it, it was kind of credible, and now it's not really anymore. Okay. But um, a former teacher of mine said, you should, you should go do that. And I was like, well, I'll give it a go. And um, I, I liked it. I liked it. It was a weird way to get into stand-up, but um, I liked it. When you say it was a weird way, <clears throat> that because it doesn't seem to fit the, the more usual template of the burning desire to do something. Totally. Well, it was also shit on uh, relentlessly by the guys that had been doing it. 15 20 years right as is as i get they would be threatened by that like oh you think you can just go to a school and learn this um and I, i'm <laughs> also, a reasonable answer might be yeah yeah it's a skill <laughs> yeah it's a skill and 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 if someone's funny you can teach them better ways to to yeah. write to to learn the other thing too is like this school taught yeah you know script writing and improv and and you know other things you wouldn't be clown and all these things that stand-ups are so afraid of but now i'm using in, in my act so I, I never understood why wouldn't you just be a well-rounded performer it doesn't hurt you as a stand-up no one's gonna yeah yeah but, i think the, the the pain of doing all the road miles <laughs> is such that if someone comes along who doesn't appear to have done all the road miles or who has learned as much as you in half the time yeah you, you could see how i guess for like a road act that would be Yes. Just what you mean? It was a waste of time that last hundred thousand miles. I needn't have done. Yeah, I could see how it would be that, but and I mean, it wasn't great. All it did, all it was, was a little bit of a jump start to me. It just put you in the right place and put you with people that were like minded, and then I found out, you know, where to go, where to do it, how to do it. It took a bit of the fear away, rather than walking into an an amateur night for the first time without any without anything would be terrifying and i and i get that they would be like you should do that you you piece of garbage um but yeah so i did that for a year and then uh and then i was just out there i was just out there doing it and what was the relationship between the stuff you learned in a kind of safe environment mm -hmm. and like at you know if you're writing jokes in the comedy class mm -hmm. Did that, were you writing then the sort of stuff that you wanted in the end to give up? Or were you writing the purer stuff that then got corrupted by the circuit? That's a great point. Uh, I was already getting corrupted in that school away from where I wanted to go. Because um, I was being taught by an old stand up that kind of quashed me where I wanted to head the first day. So, yeah. I think, like I was saying, the first five years, like, you're doing it for everything else other than yourself. And then also, y you get hit hard that first, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're either told you're, 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 you're ripping off someone or you're this or you're that or everyone's against yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you're ripping off someone you've never heard of or seen. Yeah. Or incredibly obscure act for 20 ever, years ago. And you go home hating yourself like, yeah. well, what did I do? And like, how could you not know so-and-so has a joke like that or blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, 
I think that's just a side note there. I think that's one of the worst habits of comedy reviewers to effectively show off how much they know about comedy yeah. by suggesting that a newer act is well I mean of course we all saw Emo do this 30 years ago and you go well that new act has not seen that yeah 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 and I mean like music's cyclical 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 <laughs> think cyclical cyclical right so we don't get angry at, at music coming back or bands like we don't go oh well that's just you're just ripping off the stones there but like we um, do a little bit, don't we? Do we? Do we? I don't know enough about music. I shouldn't no, I have chosen. Like <laughs> you know, okay, this I is going to be the, the blind leading the blind if we go. I shouldn't have chosen music as an example. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're but, right. But there are certain. Do you things- know what I'm learning in the last couple of years is to stop and think, and then go. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> It's a good thing to learn, right? Oh, man. I tell you what, my my relationship with my brother has improved immeasurably since I learnt the sentence, I apologise and respectfully withdraw. (laughs) (laughs) It really, it makes such a, it's such a big deal to him in a way that I completely understand but never noticed. If I, as his older brother, just go, oh, yeah, I was was totally wrong. Thinking about that, I was wrong. Sorry. You just go, boom, wow. Yeah, I bet you it lights up his soul. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's definitely something I learned. Especially when you do these interviews and you just hear yourself and you're like, you know what? Shut up for a second and really think about what you're saying, and then go, no, I, I'm wrong on that one. <laughs> but I think I think uh, we were talking about influences or echoes of things. Like in in a yeah. lot of other art forms, it's perfectly acceptable to have to be influenced by something. Yes. And I think in stand-up, people are very keen because the pool of potential influence is so small compared uh-huh. to music. There are so comparatively few stand-up comedians in the world that have ever been. Oh, yeah. That it's it's almost a thrill but for But you can notice it in, like, even in cities with amateur nights, how, you know, like, the, the when you start out, you're you're kind of echoing, uh, like, a headliner in that town that you've, you've admired or worked yeah. with a lot. Because you think that's what comedy is. Yes, and then, you know, and then hopefully, one, here's where I think the, there's a split. This is where you go uh, successful to uh, just a, uh, I don't want to say club comic, but like just a, you know, the guys I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pat Oswalt has a lovely phrase, funny, but who gives a fuck? Yeah. 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 So some split and go the hard route and some just stay that, that topical everyday easy route run of the mill yeah yeah and i was heading down that route as i think everyone does you know everyone has their first five minutes of poop and their first five minutes about you know what i mean yeah everyone has their shit joke and their and i was heading down that road and then um i saw john Doerr one night do you know john Doerr? he's a canadian and now he's in the states um and uh he's a really out there anyone listening if you haven't seen John Dor look up his appearance on Conan he's doing stand up the the uh usher is making too much noise in the crowd and he asks them to keep it down and the usher's like well actually but I'm just doing my job in his stand up act and he's like well I'm trying to do a a more important job up here and it's just like oh you think your job's more important. John's like, oh, you think this is easy? And the answer's like, yeah, I think it's easy. And then they swap. 
And the usher starts doing the stand-up, and John starts being the usher. <laughs> and they get into a, a yelling match. Oh, I'm ushering now. I'm ushering now. <laughs> and he's like, boo, boo, boo. I'm telling jokes. And then Conan's like, whoa, 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 guys. And it's this whole elaborate thing. And Conan's like, guys, guys. And then John's like, do you think this is easy, Conan? And Conan's like, yeah, I think it's easy. So then... So then Conan's ushering, and he's doing the stand-up. The usher is now the guest. John's at the desk. Amazing. It's this whole thing. So when I first saw him at a club in Toronto, uh, it wasn't a huge thing like that. I just saw him. He left the stage, sat in the audience, and did a set towards the stage like he was an audience member, and he was watching the comic. And his whole set was from there. And I was sitting in the back of the room going, well, he can't, he can't do that. And then having an argument in my head where the other side of my head was like, well, why can't he do it, Mark? And I was like, yeah, why, why can't he do that? And then after that, I was like, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do anymore. And Mm. it was just a real eye-opening moment of like, you can do whatever you want up there. You don't have to do what you think you have to do. And uh, so, I mean, I, I, that might not have been a great story, but hey, you know hey, no, I, uh, <laughs> that was a great story. I put myself this down. This is at a the good end, point. <laughs> fall down at the end there. Hey, hey, buddy, <laughs> you're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> So this is Mark. I'm really enjoying talking to him. I hope, from what I remember, we didn't get drunk. We just got slightly merry. And there's a chance that some parts of this show are a little bit rambly. Uh, Apologies for those. And also, congratulations for getting to listen to those, because I'm sure they were as fun. I mean, I hope they are as fun to listen to as they were to record. Mark is a lovely, lovely man. Very, very funny. A brilliant off-the-wall sense of humour. And uh, I do enjoy seeing comics sometimes when... Sometimes it's fun to see a comic and think, I should have got to that joke first like oh that's so annoying that's a great that's a great bit that's a great observation i didn't get there in time they beat me to it sometimes it's fun to see comics and think i could never have got there um and i think mark is one of those so so do check out his stuff online i've got a couple of bits of correspondence to read out this is from kieran who saw my show in pool kieran says while at work on friday i got a text from my partner saying she was working saturday night so couldn't come with me to the gig after all and i wondered aloud whether i could i wondered aloud whether i could get away with going on my own at which point two colleagues said they would come and the three men sitting in front of me were friends and family of those women i hadn't met them before this meant five people were at your show purely on my recommendation which was more responsibility than i'd anticipated so thank you he goes on to say for being brilliant ah thanks kieran he says an excellent time was had by all and they were very effusive in their praise afterwards so you may well have gained five fans i'm very glad to hear it kieran um nicola says hi Stu. i hope you and the bootross are well we are well thank you uh, i'm two episodes off becoming a com completist good lord really after i started listening last april that is hardcore she says i started cherry picking but now just listen to all of them and it's introduced me to so much comedy i've got tickets to see you in glasgow and i can't wait now this is interesting she said i bought them before i'd heard any of your albums and was a bit nervous because through the podcast i feel i know you as an interviewer and a bit as a person but not as a comic this is a common problem nicola she says however i listened to princess uncle stew and an hour and was laughing to myself on the bus like a lunatic i don't know how one i mean we can all visualize that this is more than i would spend on a bottle of wine this is an accompanying message for a very kind donation more than i would spend on a bottle of wine or a new baby gift 
but I just had to support the podcast because I love the great work you do, and I loved getting my name read out on a previous podcast. Other podcasts exist? What nonsense is this? She says, see you in March, Nicola. P.S. I'm not a cool guy, and I would like a couple of sentences in reply. Here are my sentences, Nicola. Wow, bit pushy, mate. <laughs> um, thank you for getting in touch. Thank you again for your donation. And... Um, and thanks for taking a chance on the show, particularly if you hadn't heard... Thanks for taking a, start, a chance at the stand-up show, particularly if you hadn't heard any of my, my stand-up beforehand. I'm glad you enjoyed those albums, which are, of course, still available from comedianscomedian.com forward slash shop. Princess Uncle, Princess Uncle Stew is free and extra life and an hour you now have to pay a small amount for. Um, so thank you to both of you guys. A quick shout-out to Bryony, who's coming to Harrogate. Um, Rich says her name is Bryony, and she is very nice. I'm sure you'll like her, too. This is someone that's being dragged along to the show um but i need to reassure her that she's going to have a good time listen i'm five shows in now and uh, into a, a sort of ultimately about a 50 or 60 date tour i'm having so much fun i'm having so much fun i'll tell you more about it in the post amble um but suffice to say if you're thinking of taking a chance on the show please do get along to comedianscomedian.com forward slash tour and uh, and make it happen and then come and meet me afterwards great chatting to ben white last night after the show uh, and some other people as well whose names temporarily escaped me but it's really fun meeting you all and uh, and i'm really enjoying the tour if you'd like to donate to this show as my dear friend and mis mysterious benefactor thelma did recently thank you so much Thelma that's really kind of you um, and not for the first time genuinely very much appreciate it other people Tracy has donated uh, a, a very worthy sum uh, in the last few days uh, Winston has donated as well as has Colm um, I'm not going to list everybody but I really appreciate your donations Dave as well thank you Dave very kind um, they really do they're, they're the only way this show makes money apart from the two or three episodes was it four episodes in 200 that have carried a tiny advert so um, if, if you like the show, if you want it to continue, uh, there has never been, there's never been a better or more pressing time to uh, to go to comedianscomedian.com forward slash donate and organise perhaps a recurring payment of maybe £2 a month or indeed a one-off payment of as much as you would like to pay. That's all of that. Uh, I won't bang on about the tour anymore. I might talk about it retrospectively in the postamble. But for now, let's get back to the wonderful Mark Forward. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's really hard for me because I'll be halfway through a story and I'm like, no one fucking cares, no, no, Mark, no, this- and I'll have to push. <laughs> <laughs> what, in, in your life or in your act? In my head constantly. <laughs> Dude, look at those. See those two glasses of wine right there? Yeah. Those are my first two nights. I went down to the party. I bought a glass of wine, tried to be a regular human, and then I left. And then that's the second one. That's from as, doing the same thing. That's as far as I've gone. From, Maybe a sip. From trying to be a regular human. Trying to be a regular human. Stuff. Yeah. So this is really hard. <laughs> well, the fact that I'm even saying words. <laughs> it's really hard. We will get to all this. <laughs> and I, let's get to it now. Because the regular human response to what it's like downstairs is to take your drink and go the fuck to your room. Yeah. So you are being a very regular I'm human. I'm being regular you human are being? absolutely being a regular okay. human. What's down there is an absolute vortex of schmooze. Yes. And that's fun. Yeah. And I enjoy, I enjoy it because I feel like I've got so little at stake here. I'm bouncing around meeting people. It's right. fine, you know. Right. Um, but uh, I can only do that for so long before I go, hey, this, is, this, this is awful. Yeah. So... Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I bet we barely met, but I just, I'm like, oh, I really love you, man. And you don't even feel bad for bringing your wine up to your room. <laughs> I do. And the thing, and the thing is, though, then I don't even finish it up here by myself. I'm like, why am I still hurting? <laughs> just drink the glass, put on something. No, it's twice. I, I'm going to try. My goal is to come up with an empty glass one, one night and put it beside those two soldiers. That's nice. I, I mean, you, don't need to if it's empty you don't need to yeah I don't need to bring the glass (laughs) up maybe symbolizing for me please tweet the soldiers at the end end of the festival yeah yeah Uh, like I mean last night I didn't even make it I didn't even make it to the bar it was pretty crazy in there last night but I I was there with a friend and we were walking we were walking and then if I I think if I had made it right to the front of the bar and got the drink I might have stayed for a bit but I couldn't we were behind people. Yeah. And the guy was like hugging his, this girl and, and like kissing her. And then he, <laughs> it was, and then he grabbed her ass and she pulled his hand up. And then I was like, I gotta, I gotta go. I was out. It was weird. And if you do see me down there, I will be off alone at a table, almost orbiting it like a Pluto. <laughs> why, why is that? Uh, I think it's two things. I think there are really probably really interesting people to talk to down there. They're hard to find amongst the other clutter, right? Like you could go to a garbage dump <laughs> and find treasure. Yeah. But you're going to find a lot of dirty, shitty diapers and yeah and stuff. And I always seem to end up getting stuck in the corner talking to the shitty diapers rather than the people just want to have a conversation. Yeah. 
Like if 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 your response to how are you is shows are going great, uh, you know I, I talked. It's like then I'm like, no, but how are you? like, yeah, how are you? But that does enable. But what here's what I do. Yeah, I, and this is I'm I think I'm better at doing this now. I'm very new to this. It's only my second Montreal, but I've been to the Edinburgh Festival for many 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 years, which is massive, which is crazy yeah and people do this thing we call it shouldering in edinburgh where you're talking to someone and they're looking, they're looking your shoulder, over your shoulder more exciting famous or important to their potential careers over the shoulder yeah so what i now do is um if i say to someone how are you doing and they go oh i smashed it last night really took the roof off the thing they don't mind if you go great and walk away yes. <laughs> they don't mind because they got what they wanted and so it's actually <laughs> useful for us because the, what they're doing is they're flagging up i'm i'm, I'm, I'm in this mode now <laughs> not, i'm not condemning people to that thing and god knows i'm sure i've done it myself but if they're in that mode at the time then that allows you to go Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> and, turn and, away, go. Away. and then when you say to someone, how are you doing? And they go, yeah. Oh. You're like, ah, oh, now let's have a sit down, shall we? Yeah, I like that. So I do really you, like that. Do you feel since the, since the schism, since the change, mm-hmm. did you... So the change since your comedy menopause. <laughs> and it's comedy puberty is what it is. It's yeah. the birth of the real stuff. Yeah. Do you feel more free... Did, did it did it did it work? Do you feel happier with your work? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent happier with my work. I like what I'm doing. I really like what I'm doing. Because what you're doing for people, and this is quite late in the conversation to be to be bringing this up. Um, but as you say, pe- people won't recognise you. No, they don't through. care. They're not listening. <laughs> um, what you do is really it's great man it's i love your act what i've seen of it i saw you in edinburgh okay right this is this is a whole other subset i saw i believe the one gig that you did in edinburgh last year that you hated right did you does this ring any bells because i really appreciated the stuff you were doing but you had a horrible time (laughs) you told us every five or six minutes what a horrible time you were having and I came out, I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I sort of get that he's doing this really weird outre kind of, like, you know, sort of stuff. He didn't enjoy that at all. <laughs> was that, how did, it, how did Edinburgh go generally last year for you? I, I really loved it. I really did. I really, overall, I really loved it. It was, uh, it was great. And I remember someone telling me about halfway through, you're just going to want to cry. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> Come on, this is great. Uh, yeah, it was about August seventeenth, eighteenth. I was it was just sitting in the flat going, "Why am I so down? Like this is f- amazing." Yeah. I think, I think there the weird thing is the up and down is so constant, like the up and down of emotion, the up and down of the ride, the up and down of. Uh, fuck is anybody coming tonight uh, okay they are coming okay good so that part's done now I'll, I'll worry about the show and then the sh- show and then oh shit and and the other thing too is you're told exactly who's coming mm-hmm. uh, reviewers are coming I'm like what reviewers don't come in Canada I'm like no one gives <laughs> crap if it's good or not or uh, so there was this up and down up and down and and uh, yeah about halfway through I was like oh mm. But, last, uh, last year for me was uh, a revolution because I only cried on one day in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I really, I had properly, I had a real 
I can't, what the fuck am I doing? And I had a really enjoyable time last year. I had a yeah. really good show. I had a really, a really positive festival. And the way I, part of the way I could tell it was, <clears> was I really only had one day, roughly in the middle, where I was in pieces. Yeah. It's weird, right? It's totally weird. It's totally exhausting. But you, so we got onto this because I was asking about the, the type of stuff you do. Yeah. So I don't, I never like to, I do this all the time, but I never like to say to people, uh, so what what kind of kind, what of, kind of comedian is the worst thing? So let me tell you what I think you do, and you tell me if okay. it's if it if it's that'd be exactly great because I don't have an answer. Okay, so I think what you do is kind of uh, it's observational comedy, but it's daft and it's kind of off the wall. And on stage, you're really kind of charming and humble, and then angry, and then charming and humble again. <laughs> And you are, I think, are known for, but it's a real characteristic of your act, is you do p- profoundly long act-outs that then turn into kind of mini-plays, which are kind of shaggy dog stories in that the joy of them is the journey, not the destination. Correct. Hey, that's that right? Okay, that's good. I'm going to uh, transcribe that when I... <laughs> When I this should comes offer it out. as a service. What kind of comedian are you? Wait there. Yeah. R- press, press play. play. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that was pretty bang on. That was great. Your opening line on the Craig Ferguson clip that's on YouTube. Yeah. Where you walk out. Do you remember exactly all the words? Because I'll I'm butcher it. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, thanks, I'm pretty good. Or I usually say something along that line. You say, I think you said, thanks, I'm good. Yeah. And then you pause and you go, I'm one of the best. <laughs> completely won over by that because it's so this kind of humble arrogance they are so attracted to it i love it yeah when did you start saying that let's just i think that was the first that was the first time i started doing it and now i i I pretty much start every set like that now for the for the tv taping every tv tape yeah 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 for the ferguson yeah as you're walking up to the mic you thought of it or what um I don't know. I really don't know the origin of that one, but but all all I knew I knew technically why it helped me. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like technically, as a comedian, I knew yes. that exactly doing that lets them know exactly who I am with only a couple words. Yes, and then I can get away with who I want to be. So yeah. when you say exactly who I am, put it in your words. Who are you? Uh, or what is it about that sentence? Um, it it kind of says it kind of gives you that feel of uh, okay, well, this guy's tongue in cheek. He's not on the level in any way. Puts them kind of on alert. If if is a good term, um, they, you're kinda, gonna have to pay attention to this. Yeah, you're gonna have yeah, to pay okay. attention to this. I don't know if that was real or not. I don't know why would he. Okay, <laughs> that kind of feeling of, and then and then there's the other group of people that go, oh, that's just funny, and those people would have been on board anyway. Yep, yeah. So yeah, no, I've I always wanted something that uh, that that just automatically told the room within a couple words of this is what you're about to see. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I berate my crowds. I uh, and I have people that love that, but I don't do it. It's not malicious. Like I, I don't even know how to explain it. But I knew it was a trick I learned in high school. One time, I told one of the guys I hated more than life <laughs> uh, what a dick he was, and he laughed. 
And I was like, oh, this is an interesting sort of superpower. <laughs> like I just told the unvarnished truth, unafraid. And they and he laughed at the idea that... Do you remember what you said to him? I don't remember exactly what I said to him, but I just remember like just saying it and... And he laughed, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then throughout high school, I would just be more saying, sh- just saying shit to people, and they would laugh, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and when you say saying shit. There's some truth in what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Is it so, okay. So that's like the idea of if you can say something that's true. Yeah. That isn't like a, you know, a, a concealed truth. If you can put your finger on. I'm just yeah. going to put the mindset of teenage you. If you can... If you can say something that is unexpectedly honest, yeah, then it's funny. Yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird sort of realization. Like I can tell, like people that come to see me, I can tell them that you guys are a bag of garbage, bunch of people, <laughs> and they will go. <laughs> <laughs> no, your stuff. You've got the material on the album about. Um, uh, what's the name of the album? Just what we uh, things I thought of. Things I thought of by Mark Ford, and it's on Spotify. Yeah, and presumably, can we buy it from your website rather than give Spotify? Uh, I think you can buy it on iTunes. I don't, okay, fine. I don't know. So there is a bit of material you do about the people, the fact that people's dogs don't love them. Yes, and it's lovely. It's a really delicious bit of material because it's oh. so clearly holding up that sacred cow of but my and your characterization of the but no, don't my dog loves me. Yeah. It's really sweet. Oh, and thank I suppose you. that's a similar sort of angle of attack, isn't it? Yes, that's something. I, yeah. Um, yeah, it's exactly that. It's like, hey, don't, but okay, you're right. But hey, stop it. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, so if the first inkling of that was at college. I was in high school. In high school. Yeah, yeah, I was in high school. And then, uh, and then, and then just throughout stand up, just doing it and realizing, hey, I can get away, I can get away with stuff that, that some couldn't. Okay. And then taking that idea of getting away with things to the to your current stand-up. Yeah. Something I really enjoyed in your work is that you... Do you know str- it's rare to talk to someone, interview you, that has investigated your work? Oh, well, good. <laughs> <It's very nice. laughs> good, because there's fucking loads of podcasters yeah. and I need an edge. <laughs> I just want to compliment you. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're doing a good job. Thanks, man. Um, to the point, I'm like, is this actually being recorded? Yeah, around? Am I being- yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to pull back the cameras. No one really cares, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> I'm having this all fed yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, you son of a bitch. By, by your former agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you bring out old ex-girlfriends and they... <laughs> um, the, uh, I was going to say, yes, you're, you're really good at holding the line. You're really good at like, okay, this isn't funny yet. But I'm I'm dug in and I'm keeping going. And that's something I wish I was good at. I wish I really? had the resilience. Oh, that's a kind that's a kind compliment when a comic says I wish I had that because I look at other comics and go, Oh, I wish I had that thing. I'll never have it, but I wish what, I had What out of interest, what things? That's that's a question I that's like a, a standard question I sometimes ask is what what kind of comedy powers that other people have do you wish you could I wish uh I, so I wish I could stay in an hour, <laughs> just do my jokes. <laughs> that would be good. I've seen people do it, and it's quite impressive. 
just stay in there. Just stay. <laughs> like I, I, I almost get bored with myself. Okay. Go on. No, I mean, I'm interested. I'm interested in what you mean, but I don't know quite what you mean. Uh, I don't know. It's just um, maybe a bit more professionalism is what I would like. Just a little bit. I don't know how to explain it. I, I, you know what? I'm, this one, you know what? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I yeah, get I'm back. Well, uh, yeah, but part of my job as an interviewer is to resist that because I think you do know what you're talking about and I'm, <laughs> I want you to articulate it. <sighs> you seem very professional. Thank you. You seem like you're making decisions. Do you know what I mean? There are people who are all over the place and there are people who improvise in a kind of a, where's this going to go? Right. But you, it feels, I don't, I don't mean it feels written, but it feels deliberate. You know what? You're right. It's, like uh, the fact that- A friend of mine told me I got to start owning, um, owning my good qualities. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh- because I'm always the one that's going to brush off what you just said and go, well, you know, I'm not so great. I'm just a guy. I am. I am deliberate and good at that and staying in that moment. But I had to learn that staying in the moment. How do you? How did you learn it? Uh, I wish I knew how I learned that. Like, what advice would you give me if I said to you, as I have, quite honestly? Yeah. I wish I could trust that it'll be funny at the end because I, I get in the moment and then I oh god they're not going to go for it I'll, I'll get out of it somehow why do you think you do that because I'm I have to be careful the amount I kick myself on this podcast okay. but ladies and gentlemen I'm a good comedian you should come and see me <laughs> and spend real money um, but what I'm doing is I'm uh, I'm opening up so that Mark will open up and I'm doing that for you like and, how, and like I'm looking you, at the recorder yeah. I just realised <laughs> I'm doing like an they're... aside to a small black box on a table um, I to answer your question I think I can't remember what the question was. This is very rare. That why I do you why why when you get into that sweet spot? Because you know it's a sweet spot when you have their attention and they're quiet. The sweet spot that I recognise is when they're giggling because I'm like the ball is in the air and I've right. got it and it's all good. I, I know that sweet spot, right. but the sweet spot when they're quiet, I have too many voices in my head. That's when the dissenting voices become a chorus of like, "You're dying, you're dying, get out, you're dying." But how many hum- how many human beings do you know? Lots. How many times are they quiet? Never. If you have an entire room that's quiet, they are listening. They're not they're not tuned out. That is a really valuable right? piece of knowledge, yeah. If if you have a room that is quiet, they are waiting for you. In my opinion. <laughs> I always have to, to downplay my own point, but <laughs> that's what I felt. That's where I learned it. I was like, wait a minute, they're not talking, they're not shuffling, they're not they're quiet. I can live in this and it's okay. And everything doesn't have to be a big laugh. There was, there was a time I watched a comic and I won't say his name, but I watched him and he went from hour to, he did a whole hour and the whole room was laughing and uproariously laughing. And I remember sitting there watching going, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want that. And so I learned from that that I like the quiet. I like the pauses. I like the the moments. I like the bring them down for a bit, bring them back up. Live in that quiet. It's good. It's 
It's a good place. <laughs> That's great, man. I'm just uh, I'm just being quiet so I can uh, you know I'll just put a little sting in there because that's a no. Yeah, because you're dri- you're driving the bus. You're in control. Don't let them take you out of that. Stay in there. What what what's gonna happen if you don't? You're gonna feel like shit after. It's weird that we as comedians will make the decision that we'll feel crappy about after instead of you know what I'm proud of myself for staying there and not bailing yeah yeah I I could do with a bit more of that I could do with a bit more of that kind of understanding of it of just like this it's it's fine Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm proud of myself for doing this. I'm I'm like a little worm. I'm like, please shine in the torch on me, and I will wiggle. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what I like. That's the danger, is that I'm I'm so dependent on the I'm I'm over dependent on them laughing to make it okay. Right. And actually, I am learning and need to learn that I that it's it's you know what I mean. I'm worth I'm worth being watched. Yes, that's huge. That's a yeah, that's huge. That's okay to feel I'm worth being watched too. Yeah, yeah. I am too fucking deferent on stage and when interviewing everyone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I really am. I if I do that thing as do well. Do you take any of these? Do you, do you take any of these realizations and try to apply one a night? Uh, when you say these from from yeah like these, these yeah like these little nuances these little things where you're like I would I, oh, I want to do that I I do not all the time um and they're not always kind of revelatory I I suppose there's a lot of you know comedy so different everyone I speak to yeah, brings yeah. a whole other tapestry sort of to it yeah and often uh I I'm interested in going oh I wonder how that would be for me specifically what we're talking about I do recognise as a right. as a thing that would that I will try and apply yeah living it. And then living in it a bit longer. Man, there's, uh, so there's, I don't know if you know Al Murray. Uh, no. British yes, I think yeah, I do know Al Murray. character called The Pub Landlord. Yes, yes, I know brilliant, Al. Brilliant yes, 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 yes. I, I heard secondhand some advice that he said, which is his favorite advice to give uh, newer comics is slow down. And then when you think you've slowed down too much, slow, slow down. down again. Yeah. And that I, makes sense. Oh, man. I, I move so fast on stage. I'm trying to get all the stuff out. Yeah, yeah, that bit's good, right? And this bit's good, right? Yeah, yeah, And that thing I thought of that I thought was funny, you think is funny. Yeah! You know? And actually, I mean, presumably the writing would be <laughs> take half the time. <laughs> I'd need just 50% fewer jokes if I went a bit slower. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean even the great, fast-talking comedians are actually talking slower than, than, than we think. Yeah. yeah. It, I... Yeah, living in that pause is is probably one of my favorite things. It became one of my favorite things. Living in a living in a pause where they don't know what's happening and they're quiet to me is, is more enjoyable than a, than a laugh right now. Especially cuz I have a lot, I have a couple bits where I I know I'm going to I know I'm going to walk them so far for such a, a dumb punchline. That is such a beautiful way of putting what I was talking about. Absolutely. I'm going to walk I'm going to walk them. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So which which bit, which current bit, in which current bit do you get to walk them the furthest? Where I walk them the furthest is a bit about 9-11. Um, it was a, it's a bit about how oh, they were building a new... Uh, 
they were building the monument and it wasn't going to be ready on time. And then I was reading this article about it. And then, yeah, and then three paragraphs in, they recapped what happened on 9-11. And I was like, well, who, who, who needed that recap? That's where the joke started. <laughs> yeah. But I took it to the editor going into the writer and then there's this huge long... They're like arguing over who's yeah. supposed to have gotten the job of yeah, being editor. Yeah, and he should have been an editor, and the one guy had been sick for six months, and if he'd been in the office, and yada, yada, he leaves work angry, gets told to leave, goes to the bar, has a drink, has interactions with <laughs> everyone at the bar, you know, he gets into a discussion about why girls wear clothing, like, it's such a walk, and <clears throat> the end is, you know, he gets home to his wife, and she's like... She's like, you know, where have you been? And he's like, I got into a fight at work about 9-11. She's like, 9 of what? Yeah, <laughs> such right. a strong punchline. <laughs> great. So that, when you know that the the resolving punchline yeah. is 100% concrete, then you get to walk them and walk you them. You get walk to them. walk and walk and walk them. And the, and the great thing about that one is like, the more they're into the fuckery of it, the more they're into the playfulness. You can just... Yeah keep just adding on to the the the, the walk I, this is just reminding me i did a car journey once with a, a british comic called jimmy mcgee yeah and uh, he and i were in the car for i'm just coming back from some gig and we were taking it in turns to tell the beekeepers joke to each other Do you know the beekeepers joke no uh, uh in brief it, it can't really be told in brief but basically three beekeepers meet in a bar they're having conversations about how many bees they've got and they mention the various number of hives, various number of bees per hive. And then they say to the third one, how many bees have you got? And he says, oh, millions of bees. How many hives? Just one. Isn't that a bit cruel? And he goes, ah, fuck them. Like, that's it. Yeah, to, I, I butchered it there because it takes, you know, the right. joy is in the telling. The joy is but in the telling. We, we took it in turns to tell the bee jokes. We just ended up taking, it wasn't like taking an, an turns. exercise. We're taking turns to say the joke to each other, embellishing it further and further and further until there the bee conference is in town. And that's why right. they you know, and it's called Pollen 2015. But that's it. a huge, great exercise. How many, it actually really was. How many jokes do you have that you didn't? Walk, you know what I mean? Like you can sit, you know, when you're sitting watching a comic, and you're like, "That was such a small idea," and you walked it for 15 minutes, like, and you go, "Oh man, I have jokes that I know I've written, and I haven't spent enough time living in them." Yeah, and uh, and I need to, I need to expand them. Yeah. Because you're writing, you go, oh, well, that worked, and that worked, and that worked, and the punchline was good. Great. Move and on. I'll live in that, and I'll move on to the next one. Whereas, actually, that, that kind of elastic, the elasticity of a joke where you go, it, it, like, I tend to think of it, like, if, I've, if I come up with a bit and it's got a really good punchline, I will, the way I will approach it is I'll think, great, now I've got, you know, while I'm writing, I'll go, now I've got that punchline. I can fit more, I can slot more jokes in on the way. Yeah. But I don't tend to think of it in the way that, like, now that I've got a good punchline, I can spend more time getting there and discovering things. Yes. That, to me, is, that's kind of quite, that's kind of comedy wisdom. Do you know what I mean? To go, no, look at the... That's... Zen is a lazy way to describe it, but that's like kind of comedy, kung fu, feel the, you know, feel the breath. Right. Because I, I think I focus a lot... I've got a very analytical brain, I guess, why I do this. Right. And um, I think I overanalyze comedy and I go, how can I make this work? How can I sit down with a pen and paper and fit that thing into this thing? Right. And, I, and the best bits 
of my act are always the bits where I'm just kind of being on stage and living in it and enjoying it and the rest of it. Yeah. And you would have thought by now I would have learned <laughs> to put down the fucking film. Oh, paper. yeah, but we're morons that way. Yeah. We're morons that we don't... Uh, we know we have a process. We try to artificially impose another process. I've sat down to try to write, and I'm like, this is not how your 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 stuff comes to you. Why are you... Why are you doing it? Mm. Like, um... Because I think sometimes we're like, well, I'm not doing enough, and I'm not doing this. And I'm, uh, uh, so now I just go for a walk. That's what I do. <laughs> it's all about walking with me, apparently. Okay. <clears throat> this is the title of my new album. <laughs> Let's go for a walk. Hey, that's pretty hey, good. It's all right. <laughs> so uh, you go for a walk when you're when you're writing in yeah. commas. You go for a walk, think about stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever written a joke down. You've never written a joke down? I don't think so, no. I don't think I've actually physically wrote a joke down. So I find it very strange when I come to like festivals like this, and they're like, we need to, your joke Oh, yeah, we've down. got to see your... Yeah. And uh, especially because I was doing a joke like where I was playing like three characters, and I was like writing basically a script <laughs> and sending it to them. They must have been like, well, what the... F- <laughs> Who's Brian and Cheryl and... <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I don't think I've ever written a joke down. I think the reason I write jokes down is to feel like I'm doing work. (laughs) (laughs) I I made a big discovery that two years ago. I said, no more laptop, no more. Okay. No more trying to write stuff, because then hours that I consider to be writing time are actually just cutting and pasting and moving. There's a funny idea there, and I've written some... I've kind of tried to write around the subject, pull more out of it. It's all busy work. Yes, busy work. That is exactly the case. Yeah, there's an awful lot of business. Then you work. go, <clears throat> well, I work today. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, the jokes you've written and the jokes you do, you've written in your head, then you've tried them, then you've reworked them based on what you did, and then you go up and try it again. Right? Yeah. 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 I'm sure there are people that write, I, I, that write them down, but I, 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 didn't, I never got into that world. It's funny, we're sitting here talking about comedy, and I can see in the mirror... Two guys going up, cleaning windows. Very, very oh, high yeah, up. Right. I mean, that, yeah, that looks like quite fun, though. Do you think Probably they, day one's quite fun. Yeah, and then it's... Then it's just day 30. It's really boring, and you might die. And you might die. Yeah. Um, There's comedy. There we go. We're right, we're right back there. Do you think they have a podcast? <laughs> scrapers. Talking about the in and out. Hashtag of- scrapers. So what, yeah. Oh, I'm, do you know what I really like is how satisfying it is when you get a scraper on a window, when you see someone, anything where you're watching someone do a thing with their hands. Right. That they've done a million times, like wrapping chips. Right. In paper. <laughs> Did you say you really enjoy that? I genuinely enjoy watching that's people nice. do a thing. Yeah, it's fascinating when you that's see someone. I used to be a juggler, and that's why you did you. Yeah, yeah. Um, when that's when you have to give up juggling. <laughs> you're right. As I used to be. That's yeah, you're still a juggler. I am. I'm just way less good. Right. Um, but you could juggle if if asked. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, oh yeah, mate. You, you'll see my whole my whole body language <laughs> changes. Yeah, you turn into a uh, cocky juggler. Also. Yeah, I mean, I was good. I was so good that even now I'm pretty good. Did you start that way? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Street, was, performing? street performing. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So were you doing Edinburgh 
Yes. As a street performer? Yes, for years. This is my 22nd festival coming up. Because wow. I discovered Edinburgh when I was 16 and did street shows at it every year for like Oh, that's years. amazing. Thanks. Not enough people take that point of view. <laughs> oh, I think that's... It is amazing. I, I think that's brilliant. absolutely love it. You should absolutely. be proud of that. I, well, the, the only thing is I can never go back to it because my show, although elements of it were creative and improvised all the rest of it, yeah. there's so much generic slash stolen material on the street because it's so hard to get an edge. It's so hard to pull off a street show. Right. And you can get away with it. Everyone nicks from everyone else. And I just, my show now would be ashes in my mouth. I'd go, I'd do it and I'd go, oh, I convinced myself that bit was my take on a subject. And actually it was just someone else's joke with the words changed. Really? So there's a lot of stealing in the, in the, uh, in that world? Yeah. Well, you know how much there is within the world of emceeing. Yeah. It's like yeah. that times a million. Oh, wow. You know, and I think it's for the same reasons. I think emcees and hosts, because you have the weight of the night on your shoulders, you want it to work for everyone. Right. It is less frowned upon to go to use more stock kind of line right right and yeah, I think I in street performing because the simple like turning pedestrians into a crowd mm-hmm. is so fucking hard it would be impossible like, everyone just gives you a gives you kind of a you know a break in terms of the structures that you yeah okay you ate wow that's great how long did you do that like 10 years is this my podcast now yeah it is yeah <laughs> about 10 years I may take this stuff out because they've, they've heard me talk a lot about street oh. <laughs> although this, the MC point I think was a good point <laughs> I, I'm slightly concerned it's become clear that I've had some wine <laughs> no not at all <laughs> right are you happy oh man what is this this comes in at the it's a 50 minute mark. We're, ten, mark we're 10 minutes late for when I would normally ask this question uh Comedically? First comedically. Because <laughs> uh, I probably won't answer personally. Okay. <laughs> that is an answer. <laughs> no, no, just because I'm, I'm pretty, yeah. Comedically, it's like a roller coaster, right? Wednesday night, I was at the, I was at a real introspective point. <laughs> I was standing with uh, David Cross, do you know David Cross mm-hmm. from Mystery Show, and Maria Bamford, mm-hmm. and Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall, and I was talking to them, because I was on the show with them. I'm oh, not, with Nish I'm, as well. Yeah, with, with Nish Cross as well. Valley, yeah. yeah. So I was on that show, and I'm not name dropping, I'm just trying to make a story. <laughs> uh, so I was standing with them, and I had one of those real surreal moments of like, okay, uh, I've, I have parts of my comedy because of you, 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 and now I'm getting to talk to you and you're not only talking to me because you have to, you're also talking to me because, uh, we're, 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 you're on the same team. We're on the same team. So I had one of those kind of like, this is really, this is really good. I'm trying really hard. To not be one of those comics anymore that's always worried about the next thing, uh, which we all do, and uh, and I so I was living in that moment. The next night, I kind of slipped into a. <laughs> I don't What's know what that? What does that mean? That's like a. I haven't got as much as I want. Yeah, or like you know, I killed last night. Why am I on this shit thing? Yeah, right. Well, why is that not paying off? Right, ran into a guy out of nowhere. It was like a guardian angel. I don't know who he was. <laughs> he told me to harness my weapon. 
That was the greatest advice I've ever heard. To harness your weapon. Yeah, he goes, you have a fucking weapon. You have a smart mind. You are... Uh, it was the, it was like... It came out of nowhere. He And he said, yeah, all you need to do is harness your fucking weapon. <laughs> what does that mean? What, is that, what do you take to mean from that? He was saying, like... <clears throat> he was... <laughs> He was saying, like, there's the pack. There's the pack that, you know, they get their little things and they get their stuff. You're the guy at the at the back who's going to take a bit more time. Mm-hmm. And once you do come out, you're you're going to be you're going to surpass all those people anyway. And uh, and I didn't know this guy. He's, he opened he with saw, you He saw me have a conversation. He saw some of my stand up and he said and he came over and wanted to make sure like like some like he saw something in me that he needed to go, you need to harness your fucking weapon and don't worry about everything else. It was so weird. I'm so I'm really <laughs> I'm really trying not I'm trying hard not to go. Oh, that's the hardest weapon guy. Have you not met him before? <laughs> <laughs> he hangs out in the... Uh, yeah, he works. just walks up to everyone. <laughs> oh. Just a different piece of esoteric advice. <clears throat> you need to climb your mountain. Okay, bye. I'm out. <laughs> no, yeah. he, I mean, he had other specific points. Sure. But, but what we're talking about here is, is that you, in terms of professional or creative fulfillment, in terms of creative fulfillment, you can yeah. be one night on a bill with people and go, holy shit, these are kind of my peers now. Mm. My heroes have become my peers. That's a great thing about comedy. That. That's a really cool, cool thing. Uh, like, I, I had a friend say, how many more of your heroes have to say you're, o- you're okay at this before you shut the fuck up? That's a wonderful sentiment. Yeah. That's a tattoo, or at the very least, a cross-stitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that one really hit home, too. Like, yeah, how many? I have to say you're good at it. What does the rest matter? Do you <laughs> do you ever think... I sometimes find that people like... I'm going to say people like us. Mm-hmm. By which I mean people who are making a living from comedy, mm-hmm. who are, have some degree of creative satisfaction who rightly or wrongly consider themselves not just another road act. Oh, I thought you were going to say handsome, skinny, <laughs> skinny man. <laughs> well, let's throw that in. <laughs> well, it's radio. They, right? they can, let me um, fill you up there. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, I think I've drank most of that. People, it's in those glasses. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, wise, I'm wise to your uh, tale of woe. Better yeah. podcast to come around, better get some empty glasses and fill them next to my bed. <laughs> um... People like us, I find, or people who are in... You've been going longer than me. You have a higher profile than me, but... I don't think that's true. I think I think it's largely true. But okay. let's, you know, let, let's not let's, let's not do whatever the opposite of sucking each other's dicks is. <laughs> let's not bonk each other's dicks on the end with a cold spoon just yet. <laughs> um, but I think comics, broadly speaking, in our, in our demographic of comics, sometimes we have to come up with... Uh, aphorisms about how actually it my road is the better one because i'm you know i haven't had it all handed to me right do you know what i mean we've got to we like we we have things with which we comfort ourselves right like my favorite one is is a comic called simon munnery british comic Mm -hmm. and i think he's wonderful and uh he said years ago of comedy it's not a race it's a dance 
That's nice. That is that kept me going for like five years. <laughs> that was like, oh, that's so good. It's not a re- this competition that I'm sensing that I'm plugging myself into is absolutely an illusion. It doesn't exist. No awards don't exist. The industry doesn't exist. It's not a race. It's a dance. That really, for me, that really like, ah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I wonder whether, and I'm just it's an open question. I don't know what the answer is. But I wonder whether the guys who were on TV loads and have loads of money, maybe they don't need to say shit like that to themselves. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they say, yep, it's a race and I won it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's not a question, but I agree. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what are they thinking? Uh... Well, I hope, I hope that they are thinking the same things as we're thinking but just not letting on because these days when you're a comedy star yeah. when you're fuck no when you're Kevin Hart when you're Louis yeah probably when you get to this the you know that kind of level and maybe less so Louis because they, he is someone who you go no you've been fucking working for 30 yeah, years you know? yeah. so maybe but the kind <clears> of the, you know the big explosive sort of stars um I wonder whether part and parcel of being a star is having to pretend you have no weakness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we're living in a place where we're, it's okay if we uh, weep publicly. I, I, <laughs> no one cares. No one cares if we're doing good. No one cares if we're crying in an alley. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think the next transition of my life... <laughs> comedically is going to be trying to let go of uh, needing needing verification that what I'm doing is good I think that's the next uh, step for me Um, because a friend of mine said like if if you were doing what you're doing in a bubble and no one there was no review. There was no thing. There was no. Uh, does that mean what you're doing isn't isn't good? And I was like, oh yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah, I I just have to think what I'm doing is good and yeah, and a, and do it. That's a really that's a hard thing to nice, let go of. Uh, kind of uh, metric is that the right word? I don't know. But the idea to like oh, imagine reviews and money didn't exist. Yeah, Are you happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, of course I am. Yeah. Like what? Are we, what are we searching for? It's an unattainable goal. Yes, the, it's okay. a curse, and it's an unattainable goal to even try to catch it. So, do you think? Do you think that the? And I again, I don't. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is this is a pet theory of mine. Tell me what you think about it. Okay, I think sometimes that the isolation of comedy, uh-huh. that the hours on the road, and the constant up and down emotional state of killing it one night and you know, and and the next the next t- 20 nights and then having that one dodgy night you know <laughs> the fact that it is you know no matter how good you are your personal satisfaction with a show will one night be off the scale and then even if you did well the next night you go ah oh, fucking yeah. shit i have a theory sometimes that that that's the price you pay for getting to be connected to the infinite, you know, to, to, for getting to be an artist, for getting to be someone who doesn't deal in 
in numbers on a balance sheet yeah. and definite things and concrete material, this is how it is. We get to deal with the ethereal. We get to go, oh, that was potentially life-changing and that wasn't. Yeah. What do you think of that? Because sometimes I, I think, think that's a good theory. It, you know, that's the... W- when you're having a shit time of it and you're lonely, that's the price you pay. And then every so often I meet happy comedians and I do think they exist. I think people can have funny bones and still be happy. Yeah. And I think they would laugh at that theory and say, no, that's ridiculous. That's you being, <laughs> that's you being sort of Are up and good? down emotionally. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Funny, but I think, I think you can have good, happy comedians. Yeah. I can't name five, but I'm sure they're just, it's a numbers game. It's got to be possible. Yeah. I think that's a really good theory. Um, is the price you pay worth it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure, like, a coal miner listening to this uh, would be like, what price are you What price are you paying? We, in comparison, I right? use a coal miner all the time as an example, <laughs> but in all honesty, I, I'm sure you're the same. You, I've been told by a fighter pilot that I'm brave. Yeah? So, yeah, we're yeah. not getting scabs and sores and whatever other coal miner shit I can't, I don't yeah. know about have just made up, <laughs> but we are putting our dignity on the line. Why are they getting scabs? Well, because their their boots rub. Maybe blisters. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know I about think scabs. I'm, I think I meant blisters. From their knees, you know. They forgot to take the little <laughs> coal miner's knee pad like a little gardening old lady has. <laughs> <laughs> They're picking their wounds at night. <laughs> They've got all coal dust in them. Uh, yeah. But, you know, but... I know what you're saying. It's I, work. It's work, and it's, you put, you're at risk. You put your dignity at stake. You put that on the line. And that's something very brave, hardworking, industrious people don't necessarily want to do. Yeah. You know what? You've, you've got me on both sides of this argument. <laughs> I, I don't know where I'm standing anymore. <laughs> I can't remember the point I'm making. Yeah. No, I don't know where I'm standing on it anymore. Yeah. I, I guess maybe I'm discounting how hard it is what we do because I'm... Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to do my thing. I don't know. I really don't. It's a it's a hard job. I'd say eighty percent of it is work. Eighty percent of it is work, and then you get these these highlights that 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 maybe the general public sees or your friends see or things, and then go, oh, you. You're living the dream there. And it's like, yeah, well, you didn't see me at the, the hotel uh, in a small town wherever, you know, looking at YouTube videos just because I wanted to fucking ball my eyes out. Like, it is an emotionally hard thing. I think most comics probably could cry at the drop of a hat. <laughs> they won't admit it because they're all tougher than that. But it's... Because uh, part of the armor. The, ar- yeah. the armor, isn't it? Comedy's part of the. No, I'm I'm fine. I'm a comedian. Yeah, I think that I see a lot of that in comedy, and it's absolutely true of my own life. Yeah, whatever problems I had before, well, at least now I'm a comedian. I I've got the thing. Yeah, even if I'm a shit one. Yeah, which again, I'm not. But even if I am, <laughs> even if I am, I am the thing, and that's special, and it's a huge part of my identity in a way that I think drives my partner up the wall. Because, you know, I do see it as a vocation and a calling and it's my thing. And I think really, although one way of looking at it, those are all true. Another way of looking at it, no, that's what you tell yourself when you're terrified of the alternative. Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine Monday going in and checking a schedule of when you have to work. Like that's that's terrifying to me. Oh, but yeah. uh, Yeah. I don't know if we're, we're just being delusional or creating something or... 
That's a good one. I don't know. You wore a cardigan when you went and did that Craig Ferguson set. Yeah. God damn it, I respect the hell out of you for that. <laughs> I've never seen any other comedian do a set on a TV show, like a late night TV show, wearing a, a red cardigan. Yeah. That's... That was beautiful. That's you to a T. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, well, whenever we do these galas here, they're like, bring two outfits and all that stuff. I bring one. Yeah. I, we call them hoodies here. Yeah, yeah. We call yeah, them hoodies. Yeah. yeah. So I bring it's one. It's a nice clean hoodie. Yeah. The, I bring, white, the white strings are yeah. clearly been clean. I bring one hoodie and say, this is my outfit. Like, take it or leave it. Because I don't, here, that's the one snobby thing I am about comedy. I don't. I don't understand when I see a comedian worrying about what shoes they're going to wear. And I get you want to look nice. I really do. But I also go, why aren't you just worrying about the jokes? Why are you worrying about the shoes? And the and the more I find that the people worry about the shoes and the thing and the jacket and like, does my jacket look good? And does this look good? It's like, are you overcompensating for the fact that your jokes aren't aren't ready? Oh, then I, you can't see the face I made. <laughs> it was a regret. It was a, it was Let a the like, record show. It was, oh God, I've said too much. As, well, I tell you what, I, I totally agree with you. And yet I also worry about my shoes. And I think if I was put on the spot, I would say. But, but if it makes you comfortable, I'm okay. But no, it doesn't. The whole thing makes me uncomfortable. And I do, because I know in my belly, it doesn't fucking matter what shoes I wear. I'm trying to. I'm trying to throw salt in over my shoulder. Do you know what right. I mean? I'm trying to go like I, I, I just don't want it to be my shoes that fuck me up. <laughs> Do you right, know what I mean? right, yeah. I see you're teaching me another side of it. But, but I, you I, know, but I agree with you. I don't agree with my thing. I'm weak. I'm pathetic, and I'm worrying <laughs> about my shoes. And not only am I worrying about them, I'm getting myself in a right fucking state about them. I did a taping last year, and it's yeah. online. And uh, I'm wearing a blue blazer mm-hmm. and a yellow t-shirt. And I fucking hate it. And I talked myself into that being a good idea, and it isn't what I wanted to wear. So maybe the next time, just don't even have the conversation. Yeah. That's a solution. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I get mocked a bit for what I wear on stage, and I get complimented for what I wear on stage. But um, uh, I just wanted to always be in something comfortable, and I also didn't give two flying fucks what I was wearing. I really didn't. I really don't. I just want my jokes to be good. So maybe I'm uh, a buffoon, an idiot, you know, maybe the industry is like, well, look at this fucking slob. But I, I, uh, I'm, I'm a true, I'm a true believer that, that the work is what matters. I made that face again, <laughs> but I, you know, I can't say I'm a true believer in it and then make that face. So I'm going to say it again, <laughs> even just for me, but I'm a true believer that the work is all that matters. I think if you're being great up there, who fucking cares what fucking shoes I'm wearing? Absolutely. I think once someone's great, they can decide to wear whatever they want. Yeah. And then people, idiots, will watch it and go, oh, he's great because he's wearing a suit. Like, apparently, Louis, so Louis C.K. was on last night at this festival. Yeah. And uh, he was wearing a suit. And everyone was like, oh, Louis in a suit. That's sort of interesting. (laughs) You know? And you go, oh, we're doing suits now. (laughs) You know, everyone will start wearing a suit now. Now everybody's going to be wearing a fucking suit. Yeah, but it's not the the suit, is it? No, it's not the suit. 
he's just really good at what he does and he works hard and his jokes are well crafted and funny. He was wearing a t-shirt that was probably $2 when he started. Like, What would you have for your career if everything worked out exactly as you wanted it? Where would you like... To, I don't just mean like where do you see yourself in five years' time, but right. what, is, what, is a, what does the perfect comedy career look like for you? <clears throat> um, my bills are paid. There's food on the table. And um, I'm performing for people that want want to see me perform. Not just... Uh, what do you guys call them over there? I learned it last year. What do you call people that come... I love punters. punters. Yeah, I love that. That was the greatest thing I think Who's I ever. This fucking punter. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dismissive, it's but it isn't so, at all. But it just, yeah. has, it just has one percent disdain. Yeah, it's so great. They call them punters. <laughs> like I when ra- you meet someone now. When you do you have this of meeting someone at a party and describing them as a random? <laughs> Like, no. Oh, uh, we met a couple of randoms last night and they came back with us. I love it. And then, so this was a thing in the UK. I don't, people still probably do it every so often. But when you meet someone at a party who then describes themselves as a random, I love it. Don't worry about me. I'm just a random. Just a random. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's kind of, <laughs> there's kind of freedom to that kind of human being. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you ever feel like as a comedian, it's a bit of a curse? Like what if you could remove, if you could remove the drive that makes you continue doing this, mm-hmm. you might be happier. Yeah. Like, it, it, would you? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I wouldn't because I've seen enough sci-fi that I know if you start mucking around with things, then you end up <laughs> fucking your own granddad. Oh, man. In a time travel way. Well, he was a handsome man. Yeah. <laughs> he, he took care of himself. He probably wouldn't want me. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I should ring a bell whenever anyone says something quintessentially themselves. <laughs> um, but yeah, you could remove the remove the drive and uh, and just have a life that wasn't like this. Yeah, like my, my like consistency. <clears throat> yeah, ah, oh, wouldn't consistency be interesting? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I'd be happy well, no, either. No, but, it wouldn't. It would be boring. But you don't have the drive that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't have that mindset. God. So you, that's like, do you ever see that film Dark Man? Uh, yes. It's like Sam Raimi film, and it's, yeah. it's uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Liam Neeson, isn't it? And yes. He, yeah, cut his pain receptors, and he, so he becomes a superhero with no pain. Kind of early kick-ass, but kind of yeah. much darker. Great film. Um, you could do that, but for drive? <laughs> yeah. Just cut the drive. <laughs> Because you're not sitting at the desk, the desk nine to five, going, "Yeah, but I wish I would." No, that's gone. That's just I go to work. I like this job. It's fine. Yeah, and then I go it's home, fine. and then I, as I remember as a kid, thinking, "Oh, you can either be a, an interesting creative person or a suit." Yeah, that's, those are your two choices. That's absolutely nonsense. No, those human people, beings are. <laughs> those are human beings. They're ninety nine percent of all human beings. Yeah. they windsurf. They fucking yeah. do great. You know, that oh, was, yeah. that was my go to for like an interesting thing to do at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I meant surf, but windsurf came out. Oh, I love it. I mean, these suits, some of them windsurf. <laughs> you know, they do it. interesting shit. <laughs> if things are going well, you're windsurfing. <laughs> That's great. I've never windsurfed, so that's probably why my career's in the shitter. I gotta buy a windsurfer. Are they called windsurfers? Uh, 
I don't know. Okay. No one email in. <laughs> Get what they're called. Which bit of someone else's stuff do you I do you most covet? Uh the joke I think I like the most was uh Stuart Francis uh what if <clears throat> what if dolphins don't want to swim with retarded kids? <laughs> I feel bad. I don't know about the word. We don't use that word. We don't use it. <laughs> People, <laughs> Americans seem to be totally fine with using that word. We, we don't, don't use, use it either. I have just laughed at a guilty way, so you got me. <laughs> but it's just a great concept. <laughs> uh, and another joke was of Winston Spears. He's a Canadian comic, and he made a joke about a, a horse that was amongst cows. Uh, so he would look at the cows and go, I'm the fastest cow. <laughs> <laughs> so those two things were kind of like the old things I went, yeah. Do you, do you, that's interesting. But that then you- everyone else's career, I would like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but those, are, it's interesting, those two examples are both sort of one-liners. I know. And that's not the sort of thing that you do. That I do. I have a similar relationship to this this comic, Simon Munnery, who does the most wonderful, wise, profound one-liners. And I, I, he was why I wanted to be a comedian. And I yeah. thought as a younger person that I would somehow end up like him because he was my favorite. And I could not be a million times more different. Yeah. No, like Mitch Hedberg was a big influence yeah. of mine. Uh, Zach Galifianakis was a big influence. Stuart Francis. Like those guys were guys I was like, oh, I really like how intelligent what they're doing is. And you do have one-liners, but you you hide them on the album by doing a guitar. <laughs> you do a guitar. Exactly. You play a guitar to cover the fact that you're doing some one-liners. Yeah. It's weird. If you separate that album, I'm actually like three different kinds of comedian. Like, I got some one-liners in there. I got some rants in there. I got some uh, stuff that's sort of about the world. And then I have these weird stories. Uh, and it's funny because I'll do, like, these gals and stuff. And one year, I'll be that, these different things. So, it's uh, it might be, I don't know, maybe it's a, a shooting myself in the foot, but... I kind of like it's it all. Comedy does tend to reward people who do one thing. Yeah. Ah, you put a bow tie on. Give them a series. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it does, it, it's but easier. That's simplifying to, it's, 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 it, but it's, yeah. It's to bec- you become a, a more marketable asset. Yeah. If you are, if they go, oh, he's that guy that does that thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if you watch my hour, which you did, you don't go... Well, I don't know who he was or what he was doing. Yeah. You, it all makes sense. I don't know. Uh, maybe I should just jump out that window. <laughs> How does an interview go from that? Anyway. Um, Imagine I jumped out the window. I think your podcast would get a lot of hits. I know, man, but these windows don't open. And that is... Uh I'm a fat guy. I could, I could smash. <laughs> With enough of a I run could up. smash that. Wow. Well, I mean, I, I, I've got to be honest. 
a tiny part of me wants to see you try only to hit it and be fine because that would be a funny thing to see but I wouldn't I don't want this is probably why I'm not the best comic I could be because for me the jeopardy of you potentially crashing through it is enough that I don't want you to try oh shit no we are more similar than you think because in public school there was a guy named Steve Marsh and he, we were standing at the, the the end of a long hallway and he said hey do you want to see me run and try to smash my head through that window at the end of the at the end of the hall and i was like yes sir i would like to see that <laughs> did he make it no he he did it he's he, but he didn't smash the 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 window it kind of cracked right, and and then he was really hurt by public school do you mean that would be like uh, ki- uh, uh grade one to five okay okay, okay. The public school in the uk means fee paying in what does that mean like you know, the, your parents pay money to send you to school it's the oh. opposite of what public should mean when you uh, the moment's gone, so you might not remember. Yeah. But a moment ago, when you said, "I think I'm just going to jump out the window," yeah, what was that impulse? Uh, that's the that's the I'm not good enough impulse. That's the um, which we talked about earlier as well. It's the um, I look at you, I look at your mic, I look at the the recorder. I look at the whole situation. I looked at you saw my show in Edinburgh and I go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worth, I'm not worth this. I don't know why this human being is here. And it all goes that rapidly. And then I'm like, I should just jump out that window. It's the same when I'm sitting at the bar alone, when the crowd is buzzing around me, that brain goes so fast that, um, I don't know how to slow it down sometimes. Yeah. When I'm on stage, I can take my pauses, but <laughs> It's that sitting at that table, it becomes, uh, no one likes me. No one respects me. Why are you here? Then it quickly turns to, uh, these people are all looking at me thinking I'm some sort of big shot sitting alone. So it quickly turns from, I'm not good enough to, oh, now they're thinking I'm a big shot. Now I'm this, I'm that. I'm out of there jump out the window <laughs> so do you recognize on some level that those That's thoughts insane. Are, <laughs> well i'm not going to use that language i'm going to use this language those thoughts are kind of like what a what a therapist would call kind of cognitive errors like those things are they're not helping you they're not accurate oh actually there's a there's a whole like that that's a kind of a charted you can buy books and fucking graphs which explain how why people think in those kind of spirals and how not to yeah yeah i mean i went to therapy and it was a great thing and you know i learned to say stop and all that stuff but you know um you know every day is not a great day did it did it pull the plug on this line of questioning whenever you want i've done a yeah. lot of therapy i talk about it a lot on, on the podcast um and there's an odd thing I've done it mate I've done a lot of therapy I sound like a boast the world's worst boast I am fucking good at getting therapized um, but I you know what you haven't been you haven't been to the therapy I've been to. <laughs> that that's is what a, it was like that that is a hundred yeah yeah, yeah you, you don't know therapy bud yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel that it worked the therapy that you did yeah well the thing was when I was a young man I would have been the guy that would have mocked the person going to therapy. I was that, and I hate that I was that. Uh, when I did go to therapy, it was hard, and, and it uh, 
it took me a while, especially as a comedian, I found it took me a bunch of sessions to realize that I don't have to impress this person and they don't give two flying fucks who I am or what I'm doing. So to break that barrier was great. And then just be able to go, oh, they're just doing their job and I get to talk and I get to sort through what's going on in my head. I I, I think every human should go to a yeah. therapist. Even if you're fine. Just- I think if you're... F- <laughs> I mean, I agree with you, but at the same time, I think if I was fine, I absolutely wouldn't want to risk putting myself like wobbling you know I mean? <laughs> to go, so if you're fine you I'm don't want to go like oh, i don't want to no i don't want to know because i might not fine. be fine yeah yeah i get that but i know i think there's a lot of people out there that probably could use it it's not the thing that i uh, that it, it's not the stigma that it, that it obviously was sure it's more an open thing now but yeah it's a it's a great thing because we're not talking to each other but but properly if, if it had worked for you then yeah. presumably you wouldn't be feeling those i know how to, people swirling around you kind of thing. no but i know how to uh deal with them better than i used to yes okay. i would i would sit in it more i would yeah. stay there more in the old days i would live in it more i'd hate myself more now i at least know i need to stop this behavior so i leave in the same way as I often uh, would say to someone, what, what piece of advice could you give a, a new comic to make them the best? Right. What piece of advice would you give someone? Like, what one bit from therapy have you thought, oh, that's the, that's the bit that I'd pass on to someone? That's the- it, was, uh, it, was the, it was the cycle, the, the way the brain uh, cycles. And then uh, you get caught in that, um, I want to use the right words, Um, repetition and the anxiety is growing and and you're going over and over and over and over and over and over in your brain. And then all of a sudden you're you're, uh, in a a horrible uh, state of mind. What she taught me was to recognize when that is starting... And go do something else. That was the that was the hugest amount of advice to me. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fix you. It doesn't it doesn't solve everything. But to go do something else instead of living in that was huge. Was huge yeah. for me. Because actually recognizing that you have the option to not just keep living in it. You don't have like to you, live in it. I'm busy thinking this stuff, so I better keep thinking this stuff. And I know exactly where it's going to end. And I know exactly where it's going to take me. Why do I keep going there? And uh, yeah, it, w- it was it was to just go do anything, go anything, anything. As soon as you recognize it's happening, go do anything else. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's probably hundreds and hundreds of human beings, thousands. What am I doing? Thousands <laughs> of human beings. I'm sorry, at least six. I'm sorry my math was off. <laughs> there's at least six other humans. <laughs> but there's like lots of people that lie in bed. Like I, I equate it to this. There's lots of people that lie in bed and are like, why am I not falling asleep? Why am I not falling asleep? Yeah. I'm not falling asleep. Get up. Go do something else. You're awake. Go do it. Go do anything else. That's what I equate it to. Just go do something else. Why waste your time 
being awake in a moment where you're forcing yourself to, to, to live in a place you don't want to be. Go do something else. That's good advice. So to finish there, to wrap up, yeah. what would be the equivalent in, uh, in comedy terms? What, like, specifically, I don't mean, like, a general blanket uh, piece of advice to new acts. Right. In terms of the, the, the lesson that has learned, the, the lesson that has made the most difference to you. Uh, what could you pass on that was like, this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm formulating a, a, an idea now for a, a question which I might reuse in future. But it's almost like if you came back from comedy and said, guys, this is the one thing I learned. Right. Uh, where was I, by the way? I don't. I'm, I'm imagining okay. some sort of mission to comedy, <laughs> where comedy is a planet, and you went there and yeah. you went through your comedy career, and then you had to leave that planet and return and go. Whoa. Okay. Well, I tell you what. The one thing you've got to know is this: uh, Is everyone aged? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it's, uh, it's an interstellar type okay. situation where uh, your time didn't move for anyone else. Uh, in fact, if anything you've aged oh they haven't shit I'm at the end um, no 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 you've only aged by three years you've got loads of time left. <laughs> uh, oh shit I had the answer isn't that terrible the, the greatest thing I've ever learned has left the <laughs> left my mind uh, oh that's what it was um, the greatest thing I think I ever learned uh, would be that um don't try to feed the audience what you think they want. Uh, make the audience come to you. That was the biggest thing I think I learned. Don't don't just be shoveling them stuff that you th- you think they want to hear. Stop and 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 make them uh, go down your road instead. That's the best thing I ever learned. Thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs> So that was Mark. A joy to listen to, a joy to talk to. Please do seek out his work online. I hope he's coming back to Edinburgh soon if you're in the UK or if you're in Canada or somewhere else where he is. You should definitely find out more about Mark and try and get to see him live. He's such a warm and funny, funny man. Uh, brilliant act. Go along and check out Mark. By the time you hear this, I will already have interviewed Paul Chowdhury live at Soho Theatre on the 20th of February. Um, and don't forget, Jeremy Hardy is my guest on the 8th of May after I come back from Oz. And Joe Brand is my guest on the 5th of June. So please go to SohoTheatre.com and remember to enter the code VERA, all in capital letters, in the promo box in order to get your discount. Now, that has been wonky, apparently, and that hasn't been working. A few people mentioned that. We've got to the bottom of it, and I, I can confirm it now does work. ComediansComedian.com forward slash tour for all the information on my show, and uh, I hope you come and see me somewhere soon. There is Who's Next Week? Next week will be Paul Chowdhury released, and the week after that will be episode 200. 200 the double ton the duo century um it's a mystery guest some of you guessed it on the facebook group um others of you i've told in person in little q a things after the tour show um i'm really excited i've done a whole ton of research and i think we have had to reschedule the interview to be a week later which may mean there is a brief hiatus i'll try to fill it if i can um but uh it's absolutely going to be worth waiting for can't wait for that so that's all of that. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks to Daryl. Thanks to Matt Hoss, uh, who logged this episode, and Emily Crosby and Livy Phipps, who tend to log all the others for me. Um, 
and uh, that's all the people I need to thank thanks to Mark Forward thanks to you for listening do like and share and subscribe and all of those sorts of things you can leave me a review I currently have exactly 600 reviews on the, the iTunes UK website but if you're an iTunes user in a different country uh, your review is even more useful and worthwhile to me because that really helps bump up the rankings on the different um, uh, the different iTunes pages for different countries I think that's all I'm going to ask of you. I'm going to have a little post-amble at you in a sec, uh, which I've not prepared. So regular listeners will know that this one could be a rambler. Speak to you soon. Ah, okay. What's been going on? Thanks to everyone. A couple of people got in touch. I sort of specifically did a don't get in touch about my granny. <laughs> you know, I, I, I will just take your condolences for granted. Thank you. I'll take them as read. A couple of people did get in touch anyway. And of course, that was very nice. Her funeral is in a couple of days. I am going to speak at the funeral. I've asked not to, but I have been asked to. I've been re-asked, so I'm going to do that. And uh, I'm sort of looking forward to it, but I think I'm definitely going to cry. Um, and I... Obviously, what I'd love to do is some of my great material about her, because I think it celebrates her life in a really wonderful way. But I'm not going to do material. I'm not going to turn my granny's funeral into a gig because I'm not a monster. So I've got to think of some things. It's quite a weird uh, task, quite an interesting challenge to... to. I mean, it's a eulogy, isn't it? Yes, I hadn't thought about it like that. I guess it's a bit of a eulogy. Um, it's quite an odd task to do public speaking that doesn't have to be funny. I have to kind of unlearn stuff and remember, hey, don't, don't be doing crowd work at the funeral. Um, and listen, I, some of you will know, I, I've just been away uh, supporting Jack Whitehall. That's the other huge thing that's, that's happened recently. So in the last seven days, I think I've performed to something like 55,000 people. Sorry, 55,099, because uh, 99 came to Crawley. Who knew Goldsmith could sell 99 tickets in Crawley? I almost bought the hundredth ticket myself on the way out <laughs> just to hit three figures but that was very that was very very exciting and the tour oh my god thank you to everyone that looked after me thanks to the tour manager johnny and uh, benny boy and uh, uh mark the sound guy and mike the rigger and neil the production manager and all of those cool people that looked after me and jack of course it was really fun spending time with him and i honestly felt like i had a, a good one and then a great one and then a a fine one and then a good one and then a really great one i it's so much fun to properly have a, a gig go off in front of 10,000 people. It's, there's so many weird things come into it. I talked about this a little bit on the, the live videos that still sit up on my, my Stuart Goldsmith comedian fan page. If you want to track that down and chuck like on it to do nothing but salve my ego. Um, if only 5,000 people laugh at your joke, like if only 5,000 people laugh at your joke, then you've lost half the room. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? You can see why there's, there's a sort of, you know, I don't know that I will ever become an arena comedian. Someone did point out to me there was in the John Robbins episode, he sort of said in passing something like, my comedy wouldn't make sense in an arena, yours wouldn't make sense in an arena. I'm pleased to tell you my comedy made sense in an arena, but I, I do know what he was getting at, which is that he and I both, I think, we're interested in kind of emotional journeys and arcs and, and kind of texture in a, in a story. You know, you don't necessarily want to be doing the or you know as an artist you make a decision don't you about how broad are the strokes of your brush and in order to be the sort of act in my experience who can absolutely consistently smash an arena gig for an hour and a half 
you know, is that the, is that the direction I'm going in? I mean, it was certainly really fun to do. And I certainly, there were, there were bits where I was like punchline, 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 woof, roar, you know, they were really exciting. Um, I don't know if I could keep that up for an hour and a half. I don't know if I'm that guy. I've got nothing but respect for anyone that can. I think that's an, ex- an astonishing achievement. And I, I, but I suppose also the difference is when someone is playing an arena, they're playing to their crowd who are there to see them, which necessarily means that they have got a huge amount of fame. Really, I mean, I'd be staggered if you could sell an arena without being famous. So maybe the audience approach it in a different way. Maybe they approach your... Um, your act because they've already bought you you know it's like if you do a a show and you've got fans in even at the the level at which i'm working if i do a show and i've got 20 pod fans in you guys know me you've bought into me so you give me a a different sort of a ride don't you you um you enjoy the show you you don't need you don't need me to go out and kill for 10 minutes to win you over you're already won over so so that's um that's lovely so i imagine doing an arena to 10,000 people that you that have already bought into you must what a feeling that must be I mean, it was very, it was very exciting, and um, and I loved watching the show every night and just seeing the the, the work that Jack was doing to to take everyone with him. And, and when everyone is ten thousand people, it's just an astonishing challenge, and um, amazing to see the the work and the skill that goes into something like that. I I I'm not afraid to say. I really bloody enjoyed it. I loved sleeping on a tour bus. I loved waking up in a new place. All of the all of the production crew, all of the you know thirty or forty people or whatever it is that travel with that show, they've all got long histories of doing rock tours for twenty or thirty years. I don't know what they must think of a show where basically a bloke walks on and does jokes. Um, but uh, I mean, in many ways, it requires not much less in the way of organisation. I thought arenas had their own sound and stage and lights equipment. Nope, not the case. You've got to take it all with you. It's nuts. Um, so, tremendous fun doing that. And, uh, uh, I mean, I, I will re- I'll remember that forever. That was a really fun thing to do. Who knows if I will ever become the sort of act that can sell an arena. And it, 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 is, it is different. There is... You know, from, from 10,000 people, I went to 99 the uh, two nights later. And... Um, it, you know, there's a difference in terms of intimacy. There just is. There, when you're doing thousands and thousands, they're a long way from you. You do have to go more slowly to to listen to the the reaction to to give them time to react. And um, I think on the first one I did, the first Wembley Arena one, I went so slowly. I became very sort of stagey. And um, did I say this last time? It's been a hell of a week. <laughs> I don't think I'd done it by the time I spoke to you last time, so I can't have. But um, I think I kind of tried to play it big, deliberately, and bigger and slower. And of course, you don't need to do that because you've got huge, great screens on your face. There's a camera zooming in on your face. You can actually work smaller in some ways. And the only bit where you need to slow down is to let the huge laughs kind of roll back in the room and and before they fade away so you don't kind of cut them off you don't need to walk out there and do the entire show at half speed i learned um but oh god so very 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 happy memories of that um i'm yawning now i'm sorry i'm doing late gigs and getting up early with the boy and um uh, I'm really enjoying doing the, the patented goldsmith touring method. Hour-long show in the first half. Bang, that's the hour. You've got what you paid for. If you'd like to come back, bonus extra content, me working out new stuff. Feels like it shouldn't work, but it does. And it's um, 
it's really I'm finding it so useful doing the new stuff doing it that way around um, I, you know I say patented goldsmith thing no one else is allowed to do it like this this is my invention I think everyone else does kind of crowd work and then new bits for the first half an hour 40 minutes or whatever maybe a support act interval hour show um, and uh, I'm really enjoying doing it upside down I'm sorry I'm yawning I hope if you're driving this doesn't make you yawn um, eyes on the road guys uh, that will do us for now. I've, I've got lots of other stuff I could tell you about, but I'm knackered and I need to prep. I'm doing Brighton tonight, and that's a, a drive, and then and then a first half and a second half and a drive back, and then um, it's a super busy. I'm, I'm, I've been seeing the Boutros this weekend, and it's been wonderful. And his mother, of course, who doesn't have a code name, <laughs> but um, uh, that's why I don't speak about her because so much because she doesn't have a code name. Talk about her a lot on stage, though. I mean, the strongest five minutes of uh, the new show is me uh, picking apart her eating habits. <laughs> so I don't know. I've really got to get that stuff absolutely watertight before she sees it, or I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. Here's some other things I've been enjoying. There's a, a mail shot going out soon, I hope, possibly over the weekend, um, with... Um, with uh, some other things I've been enjoying recently. But I've just been... If you're into comic books, get a hold of um, The Injection by Warren Ellis. Oh, my God, it's brilliant. He, Warren Ellis has got such great ideas. And um, this is... Oh, it's just called Injection by Warren Ellis and Declan Shelby. And uh, I've just got the two of those on me Kindle, and it's absolutely brilliant. Um... I'm sure I've been enjoying other stuff as well. I probably haven't. What I've been enjoying is catering from Dags and Lincoln on tour. Hey, Dagsy. Um, and uh, now I have to source my own food. <laughs> oh, oh, how have the mighty fallen? That'll do for now. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hopefully, by the next time I speak to you, I will be giving you information as to where you can get the next ComCom limited edition fabulous piece of merchandise. So uh, let's talk about that soon and uh, update coming soon on the mystery guest for episode 200. Speak to you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.